Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode, 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 growth mobile, uh, 464. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we'll be talking some football tonight. I'm kind of a little bit off the weather. I'm really tired, and I kind of got a bit of a cold, like the grandkids got a cold. I don't know where they get it from. We live on a ranch. There's nobody around. How do these kids get sick? But they do. Usually they bring shit home from school, but no, they didn't do that. Oh, that's Charles ringing in the background. Okay. Just in the up. I'll just kind of, there we go. Okay, so now um, what's going on here? So Merritt, it's just like, I thought we talked about a few things in, in, in real life here. Merritt, uh, the dear town that I live in of 7,500 people, uh, is finally getting letting some of the people back after the evacuation. Uh, we literally got run over by a river. And, uh, you know, so they're starting to let the people on high ground back in now that they've got the sewage treatment plant up and running and the fresh water's working, although they still have a boil water advisory, which is probably boil to get rid of the chlorine that they've got in because it's absolutely extensive. Um, so anyhow, that's kind of a good thing, I guess. And uh, uh, so that's kind of a good thing. Uh, I just heard today that, or yesterday actually, that a uh, one of the trailer parks in town, you know, every, every town, Merritt's an unusual place. It used to be, it's a timber town. And we used to have three big sawmills. Now there's only one. Still logging a lot of logging, still a lot of everything else. The energy plant's there that's taking a lot of timber waste and yada, yada, yada. So there became a lot of vacancies in Merritt, and Merritt seemed to be the town where people from the lower mainland of uh, lower income come up here to retire because, you know, you can buy a house for $100,000 or, you know, something like this, and, and you, or you can get, get a trailer, and you live very frugally you can live very comfortably in this little little town. Well, it's not that way anymore because too many people from the, the lower mainland, like myself, have come up here and we're paying ridiculous amounts of money because people are asking them and we're paying them because we've got the money. Um, so now they're, they're, you know, there's the average house price is up around the 400, 450,000 range and you can pay, you know, in town there's houses that are worth over a million dollars. So the sleepy little hollow is no longer. But there's a plethora of, trailer parks in town and one of them was right on the river beautiful setting just absolutely gorgeous the river came over the banks went right through the trailer park took a couple of them down the river with them smashed them into the bridge took out the bridge um but now they've exposed all the gas lines electrical lines and everything else so they've actually condemned this uh trailer park it's no more it's not anymore it's not a trailer park so now we've got all of these people who are no longer have a home and over in, in Colletville, which is the place that got hit the worst, um, the river actually changed direction, and it's going right down the middle of Pine Street now and through a few people's yards. So this whole section of city is now an island with no bridges. 
So I don't know what's going to happen with those people's houses yet. And the city said, no, we're not putting the river back where it came from, which uh, to me is just asinine. I, why wouldn't you? It just makes sense. But no, they don't want to do that. So we'll see what happens. That's life in the big city for me of 7,500 people. Uh, let's open up the mics here. We're, we're going to talk some football. I don't have any ranting on football, though. Uh, we'll talk about the games of the past week and, and this, that, and everything else. So, guys, your mics are now open. Uh, William, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I have no flooding. I have no snow. I have no cold weather. It's all awesome in Alberta right now, especially Calgary. We got a wow, skiff of lucky. snow yesterday. Got a skiff of snow yesterday, and they say the next two weeks it's going to be an average of 10. Okay? Yeah. Which, which in November for Calgary is uh, pretty nice. Well, that should take so, you right into December. Yeah, it should. And it will. And we might have a brown Christmas this year. Which I don't mind, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm all, we're already white here. I've got a blanket of white everywhere. It's only about a, uh, we've got about two or three inches, and it's all packed down. So it's uh, it's it's white, and it's there. We're going to get above zero for the next week or so, and so it's going to make it very icy, freezing. Yeah, and I'm still above zero during the day. I don't like that. Every night after every night after work, I come out of the office and I. I work out upstairs in the office before I go home, and I walk to my car in my flip flops with no shoe, with no socks on. Okay, it's it's kind of nice. Yeah, so, no, it's minus six here right now, so it's a little. Chilly. I'm sure I will. Uh, I'm sure I will get surprised sooner than later. But no, we have no weather anomalies here, as uh, opposed to you guys in BC. So, which yeah. I feel for you, but I'm hoping they're clearing up. So. Uh, they are for Anyways. us. Um, I, I heard down in Abbotsford they're going to open up Highway 1 through Abbotsford on Mon- uh, tomorrow, which uh, would be good. It's going to be easier for Charles to get home from work. So how are you doing, Charles? We're good. Still dry. Some of the water is going away, which is nice. My wife will soon be able to get back and forth from work, which is nice. So that's that's a plus, but... Uh, just uh, dealing with it as best we can. That's basically the only way to do it. Yeah, it is. It is, without question. And uh, yep. you just do what you have to do and carry on. It's true. Okay. <clears throat> you guys ready to talk some football? Sure. We're going to go back and review uh, the absolutely. game. Before that, I found a couple of articles that we we can talk about. Uh Dallas Cowboys have released kick, uh, Canadian kicker Liam Hiralahu. Do you see anybody picking him up? Every team in the CFL. Yeah. That doesn't, have, that doesn't have a kicker because the kickers have sucked this year. So, Big yep. time, straight across. Just saying. Okay. What other neat article did I have? I just had another one that was really cool. Um Oh, yeah, Anthony Calvillo, who I'm not – I think is an amazing human being, and I have ultimate respect for Anthony Calvillo as a person. I, I don't have a lot of respect for Anthony Calvillo as a quarterback, but, you know, everybody else says he's – a lot of people say he's the greatest quarterback ever. There's not a hope in hell. 
Um, but I do like the man. He's very nice. He's a very caring and giving man. So um, he became a Canadian citizen this week uh, after all his time in, in Canada and uh, married a Canadian girl and his daughters are Canadian and he lives here and he's coaching in Montreal at the Caribbeans. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he finally became a Canadian citizen and good for him. I think that I think it's cool how that you know we open the doors to allow these people to come up and play football here, and they they stick around afterwards. And uh, not all of them, I mean, there's very you know very few of them do. But I, I think that's quite quite nice what they do, and and they mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. You guys got anything to say? Yep. There? Yep. Okay, let's go into this. I think it's good. Yeah, it is. Okay, so week 16 is the final week in the CFL season of 2021. It's a shortened season of only 14 games, 16 weeks. And uh, the playoffs are now set. They're going to come at us this weekend, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But we do have uh, some games to review. And uh, the first one was actually the Tuesday game, and we reviewed this last show, which was Edmonton 13, Toronto 7. Uh, total point score was 20. Not one of us got a single point out of that game. Okay? Straight across the board, straight losers. Uh, nothing to say about that game. And we've already reviewed it, so we're not even going to talk about it. Um, the Ottawa-Montreal game. This one... Was a snoozer, nineteen to eighteen. Total score was thirty-seven. Um, yeah, it just—I thought Montreal would have played better football. It's not like they rested a whole pile of people. It's not like they needed to. I mean, you should have been able to mail in a victory against Ottawa, but Ottawa beat them by one point, nineteen to 18, and if I remember correctly, this was on the final play of the game where Ottawa scored. They were down by one point. Instead of kicking the convert to tie the game and forcing it into overtime, Paul LaPolice goes for a two-pointer and gets it for the victory. Okay? You've got to admire the guts. You're completely out of playoffs. You've got nothing to lose, nothing to win, nothing to prove. Uh, and uh, you pull off a victory for your your team, and I, I thought that was kind of cool, kind of special for them. Uh, I didn't. I picked Montreal by and total score forty, and it was thirty seven. So I was off by three, picked up thirty six points. I did not do so well there, but hey, what the hell? And uh, William William picked Ottawa, and we all thought he was a fucking that was a victory. He did pick forty three points though. So he gets 130 for the thing. William, what was your take on that game? Did you watch it? It was the one, one separation you I had watched, with the rest of us. I watched. I watched a lot of it. Um, here, my question is, and and maybe you guys can give me your opinion on this. Okay, I'm a team that doesn't that is not going to make the playoffs. So my season. Okay is virtually over. Okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. My big question is, why the fuck do you kick the ball? Why don't you just go for it on third down every time? What have you got to lose? A game? The game. 
Yeah, but who game. cares? You're not making the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but you well, still want to go on a high note. Yeah, a lot yeah, well, of who cares about a high uh, note? Yeah. A lot of players they, get paid on their production or on the team's production. Yep. Right. So, you know, it matters if they score more points. It matters if more points get scored on them. It matters if they actually get more tackles. I I, I think that it just, yeah, you can't do that. Although I, I, I'd like to see it. It would be fun. Yeah. I guess I couldn't be a coach in the CFL because I would do that every time. I, and, and I wouldn't okay. argue with you. I actually think it's yep. a good idea. You know, but uh, I, I don't – it's not a good idea if both teams don't do it. Yeah, but Montreal could, yeah. didn't have to advance. They had no place to go, okay? So, yeah. What, for that matter, why would they do it other than momentum going into the playoffs? They wanted to win that game. Obviously, didn't they didn't want to win that game bad enough because no. Ottawa won that game. Okay. Apparently not. And I, yeah. I mean, I watched the game. I, I will agree with you, Christopher. It wasn't overly exciting until the last, I don't know, five, ten minutes or whatever it was. But, you know, I mean, Ottawa showed some gusto. And maybe that's why Paul Lapley still has his job today. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Good possibility. I was um, I was talking to a BC Lions fan. Actually, she texted me today because she was having some issues, and uh, her, you know, we went through a, a conversation of, of a whole pile of things, and uh, and I said that BC Lions need some mean, ugly uh, linemen like uh, Rob Murphy and Jason Jimenez, and she didn't know who they were. So I had to explain to them they played for the Lions back in 2006 to 2008. And she goes, well, they're pretty, they're, they're probably a little too old now, but yeah, we need guys like that. Uh, happy with uh, Vogel. <laughs> it seems to be fine. It, it seems we have finally found a kicker. And my la- next line to her was, fuck, I hate kickers. Kicking should be removed from the game altogether. I'm just playing yeah. with here. And she goes, oh, no, don't say that. I love Paul McGowan. Paul McGowan's not a kicker. He's retired. He hasn't played he's a, nothing. Been a kicker for years. Yeah, he's a realtor. Anyhow. So, yeah, well, Charles, where are you here? You took Montreal for 52 points. You're off by 15. You got 12 points, not the victory. So, you got to watch this game. Well, I thought a team trying to clinch a home playoff game or at least stay in the hunt for a home playoff game would play a little bit harder against the worst team in the CFL and boy was I wrong. Um yes. geez, I mean Montreal just that was I'm sorry, it was embarrassing. I know like they they had a playoff spot but you could have hosted a playoff game potentially. You still had something to play for and you laid an absolute egg against a team that's got nothing. Um, you know, I mean, give the Ottawa guys credit. They've had a crap season, and if they had just laid an egg and just rolled over and died, 
to Montreal last week, no one would have cared. No one would have said anything. It wouldn't have made a difference, but they, they they stayed in it, and they played hard, and they got their victory. So, hey, they went out on a, on a high note. Uh, and uh, I know Will says, who cares about a high note? And, some, and theoretically, that's true. But, hey, they, these guys, professional athletes still have pride. And they don't want to – they want to win regardless of – you know when they're playing. So quite frankly, they just they were playing for pride and they came through it. So good on them. Uh, Montreal, you, you got to be ashamed of yourself losing this game when you had stuff to uh, you had stuff to um, play for and you just um, you laid an egg. I, there's no other way to do it. They should have won this game. They should have played better and they just it was just a terrible. Um, Terrible output. And I, quite frankly, after seeing that, I'm worried about their playoff prospects. I really am. Well, um, yeah, we can say that, but Calgary didn't play all that good either, you know. And I'm they not did get a victory. Their playoff but, prospects are much better. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams right now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, you know what? Though you say something. I I I didn't realize this because I kind of slept through most of that game until near the end. And it happens to be re- being replayed on TSN right now, currently. And it was 12-3 for Montreal at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. So they not okay. only did they lose, they blew a lead. Yes, they, they, they did. They shit the bed. They shit the bed. There's no other way to describe that. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of embarrassed for Montreal fans. So I'm looking at the standings right now, and three teams in the Eastern Division are 500 or higher. Three teams. When has that ever happened? Almost never. Not for a long time. Very rare. I mean, most of the time there's a crossover. Yeah. With the fourth place team in in the West take coming over, and it, it no. I mean, shit. And the East Western Division only has three teams above 500. So it, 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 it's mm-hmm. really balanced, although, or whatever else. The one thing that I, I, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to figure out who's the shittier team, Ottawa or Edmonton? They, they both ended up with the same score, uh, same standings, 3 and 11. They're both 3 and 11. Um, Ottawa scored 224 points. Edmonton scored 246. So they got, you know, 22 points more. Uh, they, Edmonton allowed less points. They were 0-7 at home. Okay? Uh, next That's going to make you want to buy season tickets next year. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ottawa, Ottawa was 1-6, not much better. I mean, BC was no. two and five. It's not much better. Uh, so I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at this, and it's not—it's not jumping up at me. Edmonton got three victories only because Toronto's parked half their team for their final game of the year, right? McLeod Bethel mm-hmm. Thompson didn't play. A bunch of other people didn't play, and Edmonton was able to capitalize on that. 
Montreal didn't have a gimme. I mean, sorry, Ottawa didn't have a gimme where Montreal was fighting for playoff home field and, and didn't fight very hard. But they that was, that game wasn't a gimme for Ottawa. They had to fight for that. They had to come back from the half and, and, and play some football and, and win a game. Mm-hmm. I think Edmonton's a shittier team this year. And head-to-head, Ottawa beat Edmonton twice. So, yeah, I'm going to go uh, – you've got to go Edmonton at the bottom of that power rankings, don't you? Well, but the thing is, you also got to look at the schedule that the last three games where Ottawa or Edmonton played three games uh, over eight days. You're not going to get uh, – that's not a fair representation, three games in eight days. Actually, it was seven days, but that's beside the point. Well, seven, eight days is, wasn't a good yeah, schedule, whatever it was. Yeah, but no, it was, and I understand that, and that's their own fault. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they they won the game they should have lost. Mm-hmm. They should have lost that by default, and they actually ended up winning it. Kind of weird. Okay, so the next game up was the Edmonton Eskimos. Ed- Edmonton Elks, sorry. Uh, came into BC for both of their final games, and BC was in absolute command of this game for pretty much the entire game. I'm surprised that Edmonton actually got some points. I was kind of hoping they didn't, but they did. They got a touchdown and a field goal. Um, It ended up being BC 43, Edmonton 10, 53 points total. Uh, CJ, I took BC, and I actually thought this was going to be a low-scoring game. I went 39 points, so I only got 14 points off of this one. It was for one team. Uh, yeah, I, you know, at one point in time, it was like, okay, BC's got the right amount of points. I can, I can win with this. I can, I'm going to score some big points. And then Edmonton scored. And, I mean, BC, what are you doing? Letting them score in garbage time. Don't do that. Wrecked everything for me. Okay. So, Charles, uh, it, this was a good game. I liked it. It looked like a BC Lions team that I would have liked to have watched all season. Uh, Butler had a great running game. Uh, Riley played, played – oh, wait, Riley didn't play. It was um, uh, Nathan Rourke, and it looked like a, uh, an amazing quarterback, except for the fact that he was playing Edmonton. So we can put a lot of credence into his play, but although I do believe that he's a lot better quarterback than what most people want to give him credit for. Young mm-hmm. kid, 23 years old. Uh, hot mother. Um, anyhow, total score was 53. Charles, you picked BC at four, uh, 42. You're off by 11. You got 120 points for this game. Did You, you didn't go, did you? I did not, no. No, I didn't think so. Yeah, okay. Too much stuff going on in Abbotsford the past week. I'm like, yeah, I considered going, but uh, with everything going on last week, I decided, no, I think I'll stick around home this week. I understand. Not yep. like it was a, a great season for the Lions and it meant something. Nope. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. Hey, but it was an enjoyable game to watch. 
let me interrupt for a second. Just so you know, halftime the Montreal game, it was 18-3 to for Montreal. So they did not score another point in that game. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, wow. They were shut out in the second half? That is correct. Yeah. Oh, God. And that was a team trying to get a, a home playoff game. Unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, there's the... Um, Finally, I got to enjoy a Lions game uh, beginning to end. Uh, that was not many uh, that happened this uh, year that where I did enjoy it. There were the odd one. We did get five victories. But uh, we hadn't won in something like eight weeks or something like that. So it was at least yes. nice to see one more win before the season ended. Uh even though we were playing uh, a bunch of guys that could barely stand by the end of the game. What a terrible schedule. Uh, but, hey, I was glad to see Rourke came out. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, he was playing against the tired team, but he got done what he needed to do. He, he was accurate in his throws. He looked very poised up there. And I think that's actually a game that could give a, guy, a young quarterback like Nathan Rourke uh, some um, confidence going forward. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't mean anything, but hey, he went out, he played well, and got the job done. And he got rewarded for it by being named the uh, uh, top player of the week in the CFL. So, good thing for a young Canadian rookie. When's the last time a Canadian quarterback won any kind of award from the CFL? Um yeah, so uh, I was happy to see the team win. I want to see and one guy who I thought actually thought in the middle of the season the Lions might, should consider cutting that I started to see more from in the second half of the season was James Butler. And I'm starting to think more and more that um, his uh, lousy play, or it wasn't really lousy play, he just didn't have those good blocking from the offensive line because – yeah, they were playing a tired team, but they were all able to open up some holes for him. And when he got room and he got some holes, he seemed to be able to run the ball well. He's a big guy. He's one of these guys that's hard to bring down. Uh, he just wasn't getting the blocking that he needed to be successful. So I'm hoping Butler comes back next year, and I'm hoping that they're able to get uh, somewhat of an offensive line that can block I'm kind of doing a, a review for the Lions here. I shouldn't do that because I'm just talking about the game. But So I was happy with the game. I'm glad the Lions went out with a win. Uh, I do kind of feel bad for the Edmonton Elk because the, no football team should be playing three times in seven days. It's ridiculous. Agreed. Agreed and agreed. Yeah. William. You picked the BC Lions, 43 points. You're off by 10. Uh, you got 122 points on this one. Uh-huh. So I, uh, I looked at this game a little differently than Charles did. Um, yes, I like the running back. He actually, the last two weeks in a row, he's been quite impressive. He, he ran well against Calgary as well. And uh, yeah. he did run well against Edmonton, no doubt about it. But 
during the game I was watching, listening, or sorry, there was this this love fest going on on Messenger between CJ and Sparky over Nathan Rourke. And no, I'm true. sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. They were playing Edmonton at the well, end I, I of... I know that. And at the end of three games in seven days, my grandmother would have looked good throwing the ball. And I'm not taken away from Nathan Rourke. I think... I think for the first time in a long time, I think he should stick in the CFL. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah. if not as a if not as a backup, uh, hey, is there a chance he could be a starter? Because right now, if Mike Riley is not there, he's uh, not a bad guy to he's have. He's it. Okay. No, he's, mm-hmm. he's not that bad. So. What impressed no. me the most about him was how he went through his reads. Like he right. looked over here, he looked over here, he looked, and then he dumped it out to the, the running back coming out of the backfield, or he cr- grabbed a slot back yeah. across the yeah. cutting across the middle. He went through his reads, and, and most young quarterbacks yeah. do their first read. It's no good. They tuck the ball and they run like that. Exactly. He wasn't the typical guy that typical young quarterback that if the first three goes down, he just takes off and running. He was actually standing in there. And well, he yeah, went to the I second and say, third guy. But I can say Edmonton's defensive line was not that good that night because they were probably bagged. Okay, once again, three I, games I'm, and not, seven not nights. I'm not denying that. No. But, okay, but... But no, he may have had more time to go through his reads than most people yeah, do, it, but, and that but, that but, may but, account for that. But he still. But did I mean, it. if that's what he does, if that's what he does, then hey, yeah, he's got they've got something, okay. And once again, he's not necessarily a Canadian quarterback because he played his college football in the U.S. Correct. Yeah, but he was born and raised yep. in in Canada. Yes, yes unlike I know that. I know Alex that. Singleton that you've got a love fest on once with. Again, right, once again, once again, better than who'd never stepped foot again, in Canada. Once again, better training in the U.S. I'm telling you. Well, of course. Well, that's nobody's going to deny okay? that. No, no. So I mean, if if anything. He's definitely a bright spot in BC's season for sure. Yeah. Okay. He so, actually, he actually played his senior year of high school at in an American team too. Oh yeah, he did. Most of them do. So, I mean, I I personally think overall this year for BC, if we're reviewing them, I I think the big one of the biggest issues is I don't think the coaching was that great. Just saying. I'm not going to argue that. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying they should replace them, but I think you need more out of them. Okay, I really do. Yeah, and I'm not d- disputing that. Um, it's a it was a, a new team together. They had yep. been off for two years. Okay, it was a new coach, a new system, a new everything. Right, there was no <laughs> no rapport between. Riley and Campbell at all prior to this. And then you've got a head coach that's defensively minded and is also the, the um, defensive coordinator. 
No, I, I think that have to change. There, there's a lot of things that need to change, but I'm not trying to make excuses for BC. I'm not, and we're going to go through a, a, a team review for the, the two these two teams anyhow. Um, so we can get to that in a bit. No, no, you don't. But I, you know, if you look at Michael Shea in his first year and his second year, uh, even in his third year, people were calling for his head to be fired. Fourth year, fifth year. Well, I think he's in his fifth year now, isn't it, or is it seventh? No, this is his seventh. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm not one to be to calling for Campbell's head right now. I'm just not. I, I think we need, need some canu- some consistency no, and some, some continuity, you need some and you need to move forward. You for sure. Yeah. I mean, the Lions just fired a coach after their last season. I don't want to become one of those teams that you just fire coach after coach after coach because teams like that never have success because they're never able to build continuity because the coach isn't there long enough. What I do think they need to do is they need to take the defensive coordinator uh, position off of Rick Campbell, get a proper um, defensive coordinator, and I, I also think he should not be co-GM anymore. Just make Jamie McAvoy, or excuse me, Neil McAvoy the GM, and leave him completely to coach. The more stuff you give him, the less effective coach he's going to be, and I think that's the case with most people. So, yeah, I don't think you... I think you need to do it the other way. Just let him coach, be the head coach, no defensive coordinator, and just do what he needs to do. It's ridiculous the other way. Yeah, it is. Okay, so let's not talk too much about BC here, even though that we're avid fans. Right, Will? Um, we're going to move on to the next game, which was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders went into Hamilton to play the Ticats and got mollywopped. I mean, I we, last show, all of us said Hamilton was not that powerful a team. They just did not look that strong of a team. But to beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 24-3? to three? I, Unbelievable. I mean, now we also, also said Saskatchewan Rough Riders not as good a team as well. Did they rest some... Cody Fajardo, did they rest half their team, Saskatchewan? Yes, they did. I didn't get to, Yes. Okay, I did not get to see this game at all because it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 10 o'clock in the morning or something stupid like that. So Saskatchewan, did they, they, they mailed this game in then, what you're saying. So, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Hamilton looked better than they were and Saskatchewan looked worse than they were. Okay. Yes. I yeah I, I didn't watch it so I can't say anything. I picked Hamilton in a victory by fifty two points, or total was fifty two points. In reality, it was total of twenty seven. Uh, I got a hundred points for the victory and zero for the score. We'll leave it at that. Um, William, you took Hamilton at forty seven total. Uh, you were off by twenty. You picked up an extra two points over your hundred. Good job. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Those two points were really fucking important. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Um, I watched some of this game, but it was a it was a nothing game. I mean, 
Hamilton had to come out and look good because they got shit canned the weekend before. Okay, Mazzoli, Mazzoli looked pretty good. Dane Evans looked pretty good. But once again, they were playing a Saskatchewan team that was not motivated, A, did not play their starting quarterback, did not play a number of starters. And so, once again, it's a nothing game in my mind. So, that's all I have to say about that, really. Okay. Uh, Charles, you took Hamilton at 40. You're off by 13. You picked up a big 16 points and the bonus on top of your 100. What, what did you say about this game? Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as Will. It's really hard because for the most part, pretty much none of these games um, meant really anything with, with the exception of the possibility of Montreal getting a, a, a home playoff game potentially. Most of these games meant nothing. And by the time we got to this Saskatchewan game, it really meant nothing because they they had nothing to play for. They had already sewn up second place with uh, Montreal losing. So Hamilton really didn't have anything to play for, but they did play well. But Saskatchewan rested a bunch of starters. Uh, These games, like I said, this week, really hard to... um, Really hard to think that they mean a whole lot. Really hard to judge because uh, they just, um, they meant nothing. So a lot of players weren't playing. And you got to think that even the starters that were playing, um, how hard were they going knowing that there's nothing to play for and not wanting to get injured in the playoffs. So um, they got the win. They They blew out Saskatchewan. But, again, I'm not really surprised because, quite frankly, Saskatchewan had nothing to play for. They were playing a lot of backups. These were almost glorified preseason games. Okay. Uh, the final game uh, was yeah, Winnipeg into Calgary to play the Stampeders. Final score was Calgary 13, Winnipeg 12. Uh Total score was 25. This is, like, downright embarrassing, these scores. But uh, Calgary beat Winnipeg. Uh, uh, We all picked Calgary straight across the board, so we all got points here. Uh, Don't know why we did that, but we did. So Calgary, I picked them at 48 points. It was 25. I got zero on my point score, got my 100 points. Uh, Charles, you had... Calgary at 44, you're off by 19. You picked up an extra two. What was your chance on this game? Very similar to the last couple games we talked about. I mean, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough, or excuse me, the Saskatchewan Rough, the Bombers did play um, some of their... Zach um, They did play Caleros. I think they only played him because they had sat him the week before, which I thought was kind of strange. If you're going to sit him, uh, why wouldn't you have uh, sat him uh, this week? And they weren't going to sit him again uh, and then not have him play a, meaning, a football game for four weeks. That's just stupid. Um, but um, he didn't play a whole lot. 
he was 7 of 10, so he didn't play a whole lot in this game. Somebody named Drew Brown came in and threw for 49 yards the rest of the way. Um, Bully by Mitchell didn't play a lot in this game. He played part of it, and Jake Jake Mayer came in and actually played better than Bully by Mitchell. Go figure. Uh, but this was a, a game of pretty much backups. Um, again, much like the other games, not a lot to be taken from it. Uh, the Stampeders did squeak out the win, so they got bragging rights over the Bombers, or at least players wearing Bomber uniforms. But I don't think there's much to tell from e- any of these games. Like I said, these are, and again, this looked a lot like a preseason game with a lot of different players that typically you don't see playing. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, you William. Know, you know when you see a game where Adam Bakel only got four tackles? That's uh, not uh, a regular game by any stretch. No? You don't think so? Nope. William, you picked the Calgary Stampeders at 38. You got the best point score here of the game. It was uh, You got an extra 16 on top of your 100. Uh, for being off by 13 points. Uh, you you did not go to the game, is that correct? That is correct. But I did watch it. Okay. I did watch I... it. Um, and I'm kind of glad I didn't go to the game uh, because I'm thinking it was really boring up until the last uh, <laughs> the last two minutes, okay, or three minutes or whatever it was. There was only one touchdown in this game, and it happened near the end of the game. Okay, so for fans, I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit I love a defensive struggle, but not when it's freezing outside in a nothing game, okay? I'm sorry, it's boring. Um, you know what? You can't really take anything from this game. I mean... The Stampeders didn't play their starters, or they played their starters, but not for very long. <coughs> Winnipeg was exactly the same way. Um, and <coughs> their offenses also looked like high school offenses because neither one of those coaches were showing, were showing each other anything, okay, because they were anticipating they might meet each other in the playoffs. You never know. So, I mean, I I like the fact that Calgary won because it goes to mind space. And you know that that Calgary has been in the same situation as Winnipeg numerous times where the last three or four games of the season didn't mean shit. And they've lost quite a few of them. And it it goes to momentum going into the playoffs. But saying that, I think Calgary will have to play a lot better if they get to Winnipeg to beat the to beat the Bombers because the Bombers are by far and away the class of the league, and the reason they are the class of the league is because of Zach Kolaris. He's right now he is the best quarterback in the CFL. But taking taking a page out of taking a page out of Christopher's book. It's because that Winnipeg has such a good team that Zach Kolaris is playing so well. Because it was quite a, it was quite amazing in the four series that Zach Kolaris played, 
the Stampeders did not get close to them. Okay, the offensive line wouldn't let them. So, so take it for what it was. Yeah, hey, well, I, I might want to add in there the last two drives for Calgary. Um, Colton Hunchuk caught two passes, one in each drive, that kept the drive a lot. And uh, the guy who scored the goal or scored the touchdown, something Hanamaku or whatever the hell his name was. They're both uh, York University alumni, so that was that's pretty good that two Canadian players made a difference for Calgary. There you go, eh? Yep. Impressive. So that is the end of the 2020 season. Over, it's done, it's kaput. The panelist setting, that's you, me, and Charles, uh, it ended up with Will squeaking out of a victory of 4,892 points, coming up with 470 for the week. Um, good job, Will. That was your bet. No, that was not your best week of the year. You had two better. Um, but there was also five games in the week. Uh, Charles and CJ both ended up with 350 points for the week. I don't know how we keep getting identical scores like this. Uh, CJ finishes Weird. Back, uh, two Two points back from Will at 58.90. Charles is off the pace at 47.72. You're off 122 points from the victory there, Charles. You just needed to pull one more good game out of it. You would have been fine. Uh, but congratulations, Will. You are the champion. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Yippee. That's the end of that bullshit. Yippee. So now we have the Eastern semifinal game to talk about. This is going to be the Montreal Alouettes traveling to Hamilton to play the Tiger Cats. And then we have Calgary going into Regina to play the Saskatchewan. Okay. So the first game up is the Montreal Alouettes. They are they, they shit the bed on their home field advantage. And Hamilton kind of scooped out another victory with Dane Evans as quarterback. Charles, who are you picking on this one? Uh, hmm, hmm, well, this is um, – I think this game would have been tougher had I not seen what Montreal did against Ottawa. I mean, I know we're saying these last uh, week games didn't mean much, but Montreal had – motivation they had a reason to get a win and they couldn't get it over the worst team in the cfl uh or one of the worst teams in the cfl hamilton is showing signs of peaking at the right time they beat saskatchewan 24 to 3 but uh again it's not um the week before they got shelled by toronto so they're kind of a jekyll and high team they were the one team that was supposed to be uh, everyone was talking about it as a favorite, and they just haven't been that all year. But I don't know. I just see Hamilton in Hamilton. I see them being able to pull out a victory on this one. I, I think they are a better team than Montreal overall. I think this one ends up being close. But I'm going to pick uh, Hamilton to win this one, uh, and I'm going to say 46 points. Okay. Yeah. 
But what are you going to do here? What does your head, you know what, what does your heart tell you to do? Oh no, I'm picking I'm picking Hamilton because I think Hamilton's the better team, and a certain a certain Montreal player, his name is Patrick Levels, has guaranteed a win against Hamilton this weekend. It's like that it never worked. What an idiot! Why why do these guys do this shit? Okay, and I, I'll add to that. Patrick Levels is a former Calgary guy, but the, ki- the 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 push on him was he didn't fit into Calgary's system. In other words, nice. Calgary players don't do that, okay? And this idiot has called out Hamilton and said they're going to guarantee a win, and it just gives them more ammunition to put it on the bulletin board and think about Patrick Levels all week long and I think it's going to be a shit-kicking by Hamilton. Mm. So. Well, I'm taking Montreal here. I think Montreal's got a better quarterback in uh, Trevor Harris. And uh, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm taking Montreal to be different here. Okay? And is it going to blow up in my face? Possibly. Oh, what did you say? Hamilton by what? Total score was what, Will? Sorry, I said Hamilton by a shitload. Um, yeah, I got to pick a number. You got to pick a number. I can put shitload For, down, but I don't know what that means. Forty-seven. You want Sparky to total. the forty. That's not a shitload. There's only one more than Charles. Well, it depends if who gets all the points. If they if they get. If Hamilton well, if, if it, gets 40 of them, it really is. If it's 46, yeah. if it's yeah, 46 okay. to 1, that means Montreal got a rouge, okay? That's it. Yeah, okay. I'm taking 39 points, not taking Montreal. Okay, the second game. Not only, we only have hold two. On, hold on, hold on. Not only, did Patrick, not, only did, not only did Patrick Levels call out Hamilton, he called out... <laughs> He called out Jeremiah Mazzoli, Don Jackson, Brandon Banks, and Orlando Steinhauer. So this guy's got a big mouth. Anyways, go ahead. Is, is he just like a fucking idiot or what? Yep. You don't do dumbass shit like this. He does. Okay. Um... The next game up is the Calgary Stampeders going into Saskatchewan to play the Rough Riders. Oh, my good Lord. Charles, what are you going to take here? Oh, boy, boy, boy. Uh, You know what? I hate picking Saskatchewan, but I think they're going to win. I think Calgary... uh, they just don't have it this year. They're, they they played de- decent. They got off to that crappy start. They started playing better um, as the season went along, but they're nowhere near the team they used to be. They're a good football team. Uh, I just think happen to think Saskatchewan's a better football team, and uh, I just think um, in Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan's a tough place to play. Um, 
And I like Saskatchewan's defense better. I don't think Calgary's defense is very good. I still don't think they're very good. I just see this one as uh, a Saskatchewan win. I do, uh, even though I don't like picking Saskatchewan because I, quite frankly, don't like picking Saskatchewan, period, because I don't like Saskatchewan. I think they're going to win, unfortunately. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but Saskatchewan's just a little bit better, and yeah, I think they're going to win. So I'm going to call Saskatchewan to win this one. Uh, I'm going to say Saskatchewan 40, 41 points. Okay. Uh-huh. William. Yep. I I I think this is such a close game. It's quite scary. Okay, either team could win. I disagree with Charles. I think uh, Calgary's defense is fantastic. Um, really? They've won. They've won seven out of their last nine games. Okay, so they are on a roll. They are on a roll. Sorry. They beat Saskatchewan two out of three times. I think the biggest kicker, though, in this game is they have not played Saskatchewan since uh, Duke Williams has come back, and he seems to he seems to be uh, doing quite well. Um, I think Bo Levi is a better quarterback than uh, than uh, Cody Fajardo. Um, I I think they have a better offensive line. I think they have a better running game. So it's a crapshoot. I think Dave is also smarter than Craig, to be honest with you. I think it's a crapshoot, but I'm going to pick uh, Calgary 36. Okay. I'm going to take as well. And, uh, I, I like your comment there where you think that Dave is smarter than uh, Craig, and I think that's just blatantly obvious. Uh, I'm going to go 46 points. I'm going a little higher than you guys on this one. Oh, These are Sunday add, games. Yeah. Just to add, Bo, Bo doesn't lose in Saskatchewan. Yeah, we know that. Just saying, so... So those are the two games we've got this weekend. They're on Sunday. I probably am not going to be able to see them simply because I, 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 I'm not going to spend my day inside watching TV when I got shit to do outside. It's just fact. So uh, I'll probably watch the highlights or maybe watch the games on replay. Uh, so we're going to pass on that one. Anyhow, so that's the uh, CFL in a wrap for this week. Uh, take your scores, do what you want with them. Uh, hopefully Sparky's got them written down, I put them in the drawer. And we'll go from there and see what happens. Uh, the biggest surprise this is You're breaking up. You got away. You've disappeared. Is that better? Yes. Yes. 
the big surprise is not wasn't on the field this week. Big surprise is in actually it wasn't a surprise. If you didn't see this was coming year it. Uh, but Edmonton literally cleaned house. They fired the president, the general manager, and the coach. And uh, it's over. They're just gone. So, uh, Jamie Elzondo, he looked like a deer in the headlights at times this year as the coach. And other times he looked sheer brilliance. I don't think he has much of a team to coach. I think I don't really believe that you can blame this shitty season on him. Although, you know, coaches are not supposed to win and lose games, and I think he lost a couple. I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up in Ottawa. I would not Who's be surprised that? to see I, Jamie is also the coach. I think Brock Sunderland will end up being the GM in Ottawa, and he will bring in Jamie Elzondo. And they might even bring Trevor Harris back. That's my bold prediction for the offseason. But that's what not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about Edmonton, the Edmonton Elk, um, and total cleaning of all head office locations, uh, positions. So, um, it needed to happen. It, it, unfortunately it was new. Brock Sutherland was there the year before. Jamie Elizondo was new this year. Yeah. You can't, you're firing a brand new coach. BC did that. It never, never goes well. I do not expect Edmonton to do shit all next year. And it depends a great deal on who they bring in as their coach. Uh, I, would think that the number one choice right now would be Jones. And I'd hate to see him come in as a general manager, but that might be exactly what happens. So, uh, I don't know. What do you, William, your favorite team to hate, uh, Edmonton well, Elk. What do you think? Did, one, did they do the right thing by firing everybody? They didn't have a choice. They didn't have a choice. Too bad. Too bad those guys couldn't have taken that fucking name with them, too, okay? That's half the problem <laughs> yeah. right there. I'm serious, okay? Out of, all, out of all the names in the world, those are the, that is the best name you could come up with? Come on. Um, I don't think, I don't think um, they will hire Chris Jones because, as you've heard, uh, Wally is the interim GM right now, okay, and he's helping them find a new GM. I don't think Chris mm-hmm. Jones would be a Wally guy. I really don't. I really don't. So, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know who you hire. I. I. I mean, I don't think. Uh, their head coach this year did a good job because I thought they had a decent team on paper, but they did not perform the way they should have. Okay. And that goes to coaching in my mind. Okay. So, I mean, some guys, some guys are made to be head coaches and some guys are not. So, 
So Brock Sunderland, I think he's a total idiot, but that's just me. I've never liked him. Um, they had to clean house, and they did, and now they got to start over again. So mm-hmm. we shall see. So we shall see. I I hope they don't. I I I get tired of them taking guys and putting them through again and again and again. You hear the names Jim Barker and and this guy and that guy. I hope they try Eric and find Kellen. somebody fresh. Find somebody fresh. Maybe maybe uh, Mark Killam from Calgary would go there. But I don't know. That would be kind of like sacrilege, okay? So I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea who the possibilities are. So and my first my first my first order of business as the president would be to change that name. Sorry. I don't think that's gonna happen, but I know what you mean. I don't either. I I don't think it's gonna happen. And you know, I've looked at this logo over and over and over and over again and I can't figure out which direction what what this is. Is this it almost looks like it's got a big beak with a yellow tongue sticking out. But then I realized that that, that that's actually an elk head tur- looking to the right with the little ear on the right. And I don't know what that orange thing is, but the nose is over on the right side. It's not the beak down at the bottom. So um, it, you're not supposed to have a logo that confuses people. Maybe they should paint its nose red and call them Rudy, Rudy. Rudy. Well, you might have something there. That might not be a bad idea. Should have just called themselves the reindeer. I don't know. I, I, I think they should have been fired last year for suggesting that they're going to change their name. And then it may not have happened. But I don't know what to say. Uh, this, this team isn't utter chaos. You know, nobody fires their GM when they're doing really well. Nobody fires their coach when they're doing really well. So you always are going to be coming into a bad situation when you're new to the team. Uh, and that's what's going to happen now with the, whoever's coming in now is needs to have some experience and some credibility to be able to take this team and lift it up to where it needs to be. And there's nobody out there. I don't care about the president. You, you, you find a good businessman uh, that has some passion for the football. You don't need a football person in that position. The Shit, president should be a behind-the-scenes guy. Yeah, he needs to be a businessman, right? Successful businessman. Um the the coach needs to, or the GM needs to be somebody who knows what the hell's going on, not only here but in the states. Has to have contacts all over the place. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Who do you have? You, who do you have for a GM that's available right now? You think twice about you know? Okay, yeah, I think this is a good guy. I mean, I, I would. Uh, personally, I, I think they should hire Jim Barker as the GM just to get him off of TSN and do us all a favor. But uh, I don't think that that I would be I never thought of move. that. He gets my vote. 
<laughs> you know, I, I don't think he's a good choice for GM, but God, he's a terrible panelist on, on PSN. So mm-hmm. now here, here's the thing that really scares me. If they fire LaPolice in Ottawa, is he going to go back to the TSN panel? And then we got Paul LaPolice and Jim Barker on the panel. Like, fuck, really? People are going to be uh, muting yeah, their but, TVs at halftime and going to get a drink. Yeah, but what happens What happens if Paul LaPolice loses his job, then so does Mike Benavides, and he'll be back on the panel on TSN as oh, well. Fuck and off. he was awful, okay? He was awful. Yeah. God. Maybe TSN can lose the contract. Anyhow, so you know, who is Edmonton going to take? I mean, seriously, who do they have? There's no proven GMs out there. I mean, I'm not totally offended by Eric Tillman. Uh, He's got the contacts. He does. I think he's probably the best choice. And I spoke with him in BC and just didn't want to come out and say it. But he, he knows how to he, he knows how to build a team. He really does. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know who else you have out there that's available. But, I mean, seriously, what teams right now need a GM? Ottawa, Edmonton, BC, Toronto. There's four, four teams. There's a few of them. Is yeah. Te- Is there four GMs out there? No. I don't know if there's one. Not experienced ones. I mean, personally, I I don't have a problem with BC sticking with Neil McAvoy. I'm, I'm fine None with that. At all. Just don't I'm have that shared that. thing with Rick Campbell. That's stupid. Yeah. No, just give him, give him the, give him the yeah. half to be done with it. I have zero problems. Uh, they want to keep, give them, uh, put, make it in the full GM. I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I was hoping one of the, they, they might give it to ahead, Kent bro. Austin. I hope they, I was uh, hoping they'd give it to Kent. Well, no, I'm serious. It would make our podcast more exciting because because CJ would have something to talk about again. Oh, okay? fuck. I yeah, hate that, that would not necessarily, He'd just be ranting the whole time, though. That's not – well, that might be entertaining. I don't know. but Well, sometimes it's funny, Charles. Come on. Well, I guess that's a good point. I haven't had anything good to talk about for a while. Um. The one of the names that keeps being battered around, which I absolutely love, but not for the reasons that everybody else would, uh, is G. Roy Simon for GM in Edmonton. You just be glad that he's not in BC. That's why you're happy with that. Of course, I think that's a wonderful idea. Get him the fuck away from my team, bitch pig. Is it he in BC now? Uh, What's yep. Is he a scout? Is he a scout? Is he a scout or assistant manager? I think he might be both, actually. Yeah. He he was their um, CIS scout or whatever it's called. Yeah, he was. Uh, 
College oh. Scout. I don't know the exact what they call them. Not uh, a youth sports, I guess, is what they call it now. Youth, youth sports. Yeah. BC Lions stats. Let's go see what they are. And uh, what? G. Roy Simon's total um, title is director of global scouting and U.S. regional scouting. Rob Ralph now has the CFL draft coordinator and Canadian scouting. Ryan Ringmaiden, hmm, might he go somewhere else? He He's one of the ones that his, his name is presented around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, now, Neil McAvoy has co-GM and director of football operations. Why don't you just give him the general manager's job and be done with it? I think that makes sense, to be honest. And stop with this co-GM nonsense. Okay, so... He's doing GM by committee. Okay, I think we just got over into the uh, BC Lions team review, mm-hmm. even though that's kind of we were talking about Edmonton and what they had done. Mm-hmm. They lost um, a lot of fans, apparently. Who, Edmonton or BC? Yeah, well, I think you make it for both, both but Edmonton really dropped off. Maybe people just didn't like the name, so they stayed away. I'm not supporting the Elks. No. No, I'm just kidding. Hmm. Yep. I don't know. I I don't know. Do you want to take on this... uh, uh, game in year in review for the BC Lions. Uh, Nathan Rourke, uh, I like what we see. He's got we got him for another year on his rookie contract. Um, hopefully, we can see some playing time next year. Will Riley be back? We've decided that speculated that back and forth. He's got a fourth year on his contract for over $700,000. He'd be an idiot not to show up. Uh, you know, you, you don't have a lot of money. You don't have a, a lot of years to play football, and he's got one more. I think he's going to take advantage of that. We'll see Riley back next year. Um, but will we see will him the come team back taking a pay cut? Would he do that? That's my question. Would, would yeah, they, I don't know if he would. So are the I'm not sure you can bring him back at $725,000 a year. Yeah, but I not. didn't think he, I didn't think I didn't think he was making that much. I thought he took a pay cut last year or something like that. He did, but not very much. And I think like right? 50,000, 50, something like that. No, I, I think he was making seven fifty, and now he was making seven and a quarter. I think he dropped twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, it was something like that. I don't know the exact number. 
Bo, Bo took a bigger cut, and he had he was making less than Riley. So I think Riley was in the 750 range, and Bo was around what uh, 742 or something like that. Now I think something Bo like was that. under 700,000. I think he took a fifty thousand dollar pay cut and came in at 392 or 692 or something like that. Am I wrong, William? Do you know what that number is for Bo? I, I I know it's below seven for sure. So, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Charles, you can't whisper. We we hear you. Everything you say is really loud. Sorry, I won't whisper. Don't whisper. Okay. Um, my only thing doesn't work when the mic's right next to my mouth. Yeah, I was going to exactly, say, I hope you're exactly. whispering to somebody that's next to you and you're not talking to yourself, okay? I'm not. Well, you never Good. know. William, what do you got to say about the BC Lions? What did you see in their team this year? Uh, any, any shining stars that you think is going to happen? Uh, what's going on? Uh, we got Keith uh, pending free agents in Lucky Whitehead and Brian Burnham. Uh, both of them were shy agent? of a thousand yards. Both of them are. Both of them were just shot of a thousand yards. Burnham needed another four or five, and Whitehead needed well, sixty-eight. I kind of doubt either one of those guys will leave. Because I mean, let's face it, they made Lucky Whitehead a key piece of their offense this year. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. and. Well, Burnham, Burnham likes BC because he's been a free agent before. So, yeah, I, you know what, I, honestly, I, I think the biggest problem with BC this year was their coaching. It's got to get better. Um, um, their offensive line didn't do as bad as they did last year. Um, and their running game near the end of the season was decent. I mean, they have good receivers. I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't never know. been a problem. Right. I don't know if you spend the way he currently is, I don't know if you spend $700,000 on a Mike Riley. Okay? I don't know if you bring in a another experienced quarterback for less money and go with Nathan Rourke as well. But I, I mean, Riley was okay, was good this year, but he just, I think he's at the end of his career. Okay. Let's face it. Well, I'm not arguing with you one iota in that he is in the twilight of his career, but he was the number one quarterback in this year on a team that missed the playoffs. Yep, yep. No, I can't okay. dispute that. But he is nope. getting banged up. Even it wasn't as bad as the year before, previous, but he still took his body still took a pretty good beating this year. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I mean, only Zach Laros uh, had a better efficiency rating. Jeremiah Mazzoli, but he only played half the season. Uh, Trevor Harris. And, and you know that's hard. We say about that. He only played ten games. 
You know, I mean, the people who played eight, uh, 13, 14 games, um, yeah, they didn't even come close. Yeah. Certainly not Cody Fajardo and Bo Levi Mitchell. They're nowhere near him in, in efficiency rating or, or in TDs or TD to interception ratio. Okay, the only place they are ahead of Mike Riley is, can you answer me? They're in the playoffs. Playoffs. Well, the wins. It's wins. It's that, that too. Simple. Well, it's that simple. And it's great if he leads the league, but if you don't win, you're not going anywhere. So, and I, I just, there's something about him this year. I just didn't see, I just didn't see as much of a, and, and, and understand something as much as I, I hate him. I'm a Mike Riley fan because I think he's an awesome quarterback. But uh, I I just didn't see the flame this year, to be honest with you. So, I mean, maybe that had something to do with his mother passing away. Who knows, okay? But I don't think he was the same guy this year. I can kind of see what you're saying. I don't necessarily disagree with you because um, he still played – for the most part, pretty well. He led the league in passing yardage. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of see the same, kind of saw the same thing. I mean, I still thought he was good, but he didn't have that little extra push in him that we've seen in previous years. Right. Despite, despite whatever team he played on, I would always, I would always watch Mike Riley games because he's an exciting player to watch. And there is something extra about him that I've always noticed. But I just didn't see it this year. So who knows? You know, maybe you can take you can take that kind of a licking for all these years. Eventually it catches up to you. I'm sorry. He's only human. True. Just my opinion. What do you think, CJ? CJ, did you go away? Where do you go? Are you guys here? There? Not yeah, right there. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I don't know. It, we it, thought it, we lost you. It just said the call call dropped. I went. I was. I was oh. on this rant, and I was just going off, going off, and I. Said so. What do you guys think? And then I had dead silence. So I went over to the studio panel and looked at it, and it says, "Oh, this caller—that's me." Oh, and we still uh, talking. I was still connected, but blog talk wasn't working. So anyhow, uh-huh. I have no idea what I said, and I don't know where I, I left off. Did I did I disappear right mid word, mid sentence, or something, or was it something neat? No, you asked cool me what I no. thought. You asked me what I thought, and I just yeah. went on and on. And Charles and Charles responded, and then we realized you weren't around. So all of a sudden, you were gone. Okay, I was just gone, just vaporized. I don't know. Not a cool feeling. I don't like that feeling. Out in no man's land. 
Okay, so enough of this bullshit. We talked about BC. Charles, what did you, you're okay on this, or do you have something to add in BC Lions year in review, or did you go already, or I'm confused now? Well, I kind of, well, I mean, I was talking with Will and stuff like that, basically just saying, you know, uh, that Mike Riley, uh, he might not be the one, I mean, do they really want him back? Is he at the point of his career where he's pretty much done, and what Will was saying, and I kind of agreed with him, is that we didn't, there was something a little bit off this year about Mike Riley. He didn't have that extra little push that we're used to seeing from even back when he was in Edmonton and so on. It was always the thing that, uh, you know, he was always the guy that was just there. You, you saw that he was just going to put the team on his back and just kind of will them. And you, you didn't quite see that this year. I mean, he still played well, don't get me wrong. You have to have played, done something right if you're leading the league in passing yardage. But there was something about him that just wasn't there this year that we've seen in other years. I, I think that's pretty much what we, we were uh, kind of into the, talking about at that point. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a huge, huge Mike Riley fan. Always have been. When he was in Edmonton, I always cheered for Mike Riley. I didn't cheer for the Eskimos, but I cheered for Mike Riley. Um. I just, I don't see the razzle-dazzle there. I don't see the spark in his eyes. I, I, I see, it's almost like he's defeated. Still throwing up the numbers. He's still throwing up better numbers than anybody else in the league. I still think he's a premier quarterback in this league. But does he have what it takes to make a championship again? That's the big question, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I don't want a team that's going to go out and try to be 500 football because it's better than what they were last year. I want a team that's going to come out of the blocks on the full mm-hmm. path to the Grey Cup. And, and we've seen teams in the past turn it around it, from having horrible years and then turn it around to have a big year the next year. That's happened before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd like to see it from BC, but I'm not going to hold my breath on it. Now, the next thing up here, and this one just is kind of scary. Um, we reviewed the BC Lions, and the only reason why we're really optimistic about the BC Lions, quite frankly, is because Charles and I are BC Lions fans. Uh, and uh, That's what we that's do. That's just a fact. Otherwise, it would be very hard for to come out and say BC Lions were an awesome team and they just got, you know, the short end of the stick in a few games this year. Because it, that wouldn't, that's not reality the way that people no. see it. I mean, we could have won three games if we had a kicker. Well, but but one of the things you can look at is the last game against Calgary. They were still in it in that game to go right into the fourth quarter. Yep. But but no no I'm I'm talking about not not against Calgary but I'm talking about that game they were still in it to get into the playoffs and they just they just didn't have that next gear and I think that I think that has a lot to do with coaching I really do but like you said before you can't get rid of the coach all the time. <laughs> 
and it would be a mistake to get rid of that coaching staff. So, yeah. So I, I I'm stuttering here. I believe you're you're 100 percent correct, but I, it goes back to my age-old problem of having multiple hats on a head coach. And Charles mm-hmm. reiterated that so many times tonight already, is he's got to have the defensive coordinator stripped away from him. He's got to have the co-general manager stripped away from him. And he's got to coach fucking football. Focus on the game. I mean, call a timeout when you're supposed to, when you got too many fucking men on the field. You know, you knew you did that. Why? How? How is this not happening? I don't know. And some of the challenges he did this year were just god awful. Weird. Yeah, weird. I mean, who was it the other day that threw the challenge playing twice in the first quarter? Basically meaningless plays. I don't know. Yeah, one of the games was that might have been Kahari Jones. I think it was Kahari Jones in the Montreal game. I think it was. He actually, he won both challenges. Yeah. He won both of his challenges, but they were the first quarter, and they really didn't mean much. (laughs) Didn't win the game, though. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, didn't win the game. Ottawa beat them. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Okay, over to the Ottawa Red Blacks. This is one that this this review is going to suck, okay? Well, why shouldn't the team be, the review be like the team? Jeremy Schneider is the interim general manager. Do we know anything about him? Uh, nope. You never heard of him before? I've never heard of him before. Where has nope, he been? Me either. Me either. He joined the Red Blacks in March of 2013 as the Director of Football Administration. He is the Assistant General Manager of the team in 2021. He has been elevated to Interim General Manager. Do you make that permanent? Well, Mm. I don't know. I honestly think so. What the um, what the Red Blacks need, and we talked about that it's not really in uh, a high uh, stock right now, but I think they need a uh, experienced GM to. uh, to kind of um, take this this team over because right now this team is not a um, a team that's got more than a few problems and if they try to come in and bring in a guy with a little with uh, not much experience they may not be able to get out of this predicament. You're right. You're 100 percent right, but. And there's a but here. What able body is there out there to do this job? I 
I totally agree with wanting new blood, young blood, or different blood from American college sports or something like that, bringing somebody up from the States. But it takes them a long time to learn the Canadian game, and you don't want that person there right away. Um, So promoting from within makes the most logical sense. It just depends on how much faith they have in Jeremy Schneider. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he was down in the Chicago Bears organization. That doesn't say a lot. He was in the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Again, that doesn't say a lot. Uh, and then he went to Montreal in 2010. So he has been around for a while. He's, he's been in the CFL for 11 years. Uh, his his role as an assistant general manager was mostly uh, scouting NFL rosters uh, on on the cuts that could be brought onto the um, uh, the the CFL roster, right? You know, in the right. NFL cuts. Go on and you're, you get your expanded roster. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know what to say. I, I, you know, Jeremy Snyder is now the assistant interim general manager. You fire the coach. First year coach in the team. I don't think so. Again, I think you're in a similar situation. I was just going to say, I think you're in a similar situation that they did with the Lions, but you don't want to be the guy firing the coach every year. And let's face it. Here's the difference. They fired the general manager. The general manager usually wants to pick his own head coach. Edmonton fired right. the president, general manager, and um, mm-hmm. in BC, we fired the, G- the GM or the GM left. I think the season was still on, or no, that was in the COVID season. Ed Hervey resigned. Uh, we fired Devon Claybrooks, and then so and then we picked up our general manager co-general manager and coach at the same time. I don't know. I don't know what you do in Ottawa. It's a, it's a tough call. I I know one thing for I, I sure. Did. Okay. They need a quarterback. Yeah. Yep. When there's a lot of them in yep. free agency. There's no doubt about it. There's they need a, lot a quarterback. And, and what's-his-face isn't the answer. I can't even remember his name because he didn't play this year hardly at all. Dominic what's Davis? His name? Dominic Davis? No, no, no. Matt Nichols. No, the guy from Winnipeg. Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols. Yes. Matt Nichols. So... No, I don't think you see the answer, but I think Trevor Harris is going to be available out of Montreal, and yeah. the Ottawa fans love him. And you know, 
he's going to go there. He he would go back there now that uh, Marcel Desjardins is gone. I agree. It, it might be the natural choice is to bring Trevor Harris back to Ottawa. It just depends yep. on what the GM wants and what the GM does, and you better get him real quick before somebody else signs up Trevor. we only got two months to free agency now that the football season is extended to December 12th. Usually we get free agency February 14th. Yep. Only two months. It's only two months. There's there's teams out there that need some some personnel in the front office, no doubt about it. Yes, indeed. Excuse me. I mean, you really got to question what Chris Jones is doing and what's going through his mind there because he's not even a defensive coordinator in Toronto. you You could see the difference in their defense when he was hired on. Mm-hmm. Their defense yep. turned it around. It got much, much better. Yep. So, I mean, what do you what do you do with that one? That's kind of hard. Um, jump back to BC for a second, Joe, just because they're near and dear to my heart. Rick Larishell wants to um, retire. That means that BC is also looking for a president. Who's your choice, Charles? Oh, boy. Uh, for president. Well, you need a business guy. I think uh, it really um, – I'm not sure who I would pick, but you need a business guy. I mean, I really don't know who I would pick. Yeah, there's two people, two very strong personalities in BC that are no longer there. David Braley and Wally Buono. Yep. Correct? They're gone. Correct. So bring back Scotty Ackle because whatever problem there was in that organization, it's now gone. Scott Ackle, Scotty Ackle, Bobby's son. Yep. He was president in Calgary. I wouldn't have a problem with that. He left that position in Calgary to come to BC to organize the uh, last Grey Cup that we had. What was that? 2016. And we were all expecting him to walk straight into the president's role, and he left the organization. And there was a huge conflict between somebody in the Lions organization and Scott Ackles and – Whatever that problem is, it's now gone. Whether it was Wally Buono, whether it's David Braley, I don't know what the problem was. I think it was Braley. Mm-hmm. But it's no longer there. So why would you not bring back a brilliant football mind like that? Because last I heard, he was the president of uh, vice president of Paladin Security. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if he's still there or not, but who cares where he is? Just I think he should be the president. Bring him in, and and he'll change this fucking team, this team around. I mean, God, man, what would we do to have Bobby back? 
I mean, that, that Vancouver, BC Lions lost their heart and soul when Bob Ackles died. No doubt about that. Yeah, 100%. And then they brought in what's-his-face hey, as president. Oh, that fucking the, little weasel? What was the, the guy's name? Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. I'm probably blocking it out subconsciously. Boys. Yeah. Whatever. I didn't like him, whoever he was. I can't remember his name, and that's probably just a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, there's George Ch- Chaka. He is there. Chaka. Dennis Kulski was his Chica? name, by the way. Dennis Kulski, yes. George Chike has been with the Lions for like 30 years or something like that. He's been a long time employee. Yeah, yeah, I know. And he probably would be a good position for it, but if he was going to get that position, he should have got it when Skulski left. But, and Braley didn't yeah, do that. Yeah, he should have by got now. Rick Lairshaw. So I, I don't think that he's a shoe-in for that position. But uh, I just found Scott Ackles is the Chief Revenue Officer of Hubcast Media now. Okay. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think he needs to come back to the BC Lions. I think it's time for Scott Ackles to be part of our organization again. Hey, Scott, does Hubcast Media need a CFO show? Call us. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. I like that one. Okay, moving on down the list here. What do we got going on? Chris Strebler is released by the Arizona Cardinals, I believe their name is. Will he be sought after in the CFL? Well, duh. Um question is, can you still bring signed players now and bring them in? You're in the playoffs. Is, is there some rule about that going back to trade deadline where you can't bring in ringers anymore? No, I don't think so. No, I think you can still sign players. Yeah, you can. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I think um, – uh, Bob Irving did something about that the other day that they could do that technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah he said that. And I personally think if they happen to sign him, they have two weeks to implement him into their offense more or less. And if that happens, I think they're unbeatable, to be honest with you. They might be unbeatable now, but... I know what well, you mean. Well, I don't think they're unbeatable now, but for some reason that just threw everybody off the way he ran and the way they mm-hmm. used them. So uh, I remember watching I remember watching the uh the uh semifinal in Calgary. They had no answer for him. None whatsoever. They did not. No. So So, Stribbler out of Arizona, back to the Bombers would be scary. Uh, is there other team out there that would pick him up? 
I'm thinking Calgary should pick him up or Saskatchewan so he doesn't play for Winnipeg. Is he interested in coming back? Is he going to try to hang out in the NFL for the rest of the year? Now, now that we're so far along in our season and our season is so much later, there's not much left of the NFL season either. I mean, they're, no. they're coming into the playoffs. I mean, they're they're in their wild card battles right now, right? Uh, well, they're close. They, you guys have they've to... still got about they've still got about four about four weeks left in their season. They're not to the playoffs yet either. Before playoffs? Yeah, their playoffs uh, usually start the first. Super Bowl is, 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 is at the end of January. February. No, not anymore. It's in about the first week, uh, the 10 days of February. It has been for the first last week of four February? or five years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Usually their wild card playoffs okay. is usually, I think, the first weekend in January. So they've got all of December to play football yet. Yes. So they still have four weeks, maybe five weeks of football left. Roughly, yes. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that most of those rosters are are fixed by now, and Chris Revler is not going to. I I don't see him coming back this season. I mean, next season, sure, but uh, and I don't think a team's going to want to ruin their uh, and change a bunch of stuff around at this point in the season and trying to add stuff and so on, they've pretty much got their game plan set for the playoffs. And to bring in Chris Jedwell, you got to move stuff around and guys got to learn stuff. I, to me, it, it doesn't make sense to do it at this point. I think anyways. Okay. What are you, what are you talking about? You're talking about any team in, in, in the CFL? Are you talking about teams in the NFL? Are you talking about the blue bombers in general? Well, I'm talking about basically the, the CFL and because uh, there's people that are suggesting, oh, he could rejoin the Bombers for the playoff run. I just don't think at this point, I think it's kind of late for that when you're heading into the playoffs, especially seeing as the Bombers, they've only got one game. They've got the, the Western final uh, and then the Great Cup. Now, you got two weeks to get him in. Is that enough time? I don't know. I mean, I guess they could bring him in on – very limited plays and so on, but I don't know. To me, it just seems like a risk to start messing with your chemistry this late in the season. They don't have a backup. They don't have a quality backup. Um, Zach Calero is down. You have nobody. Um, Mm. Even, and Strebler even in tandem with Zach Calero, where you put him in when when he was going to get beat up so that Caleros didn't take the big hits, you know. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. If he would come up to CFL, I think Winnipeg's already talked to them. He's he's shown his love for that city. I don't know why he wouldn't come up here. He's not going to make any more money in the NFL. Their rosters are all fixed for the rest of the year. There's nobody. I'm barring a, a serious injury somewhere. He's not going to get on in the NFL team for the rest of this year. So he might as well come up and make 10, 20, 40, 50, whatever grand you can off of two games with the Bombers. 
shit, he might even come up and do it for free. If he wants to do it, if he wants to show the love for his team, do not be surprised if we do not get an announcement of Chris Strebler being signed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the next two to three days. You might even be able to count it in hours. I think he's coming up here. Just my call on it. Anything else, William? No, I I, I actually guys... believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Unless yeah. unless he still have he still has to clear waivers. You never know no, another cleared. team might pick him up. He oh, already he, clear? he cleared them today. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so maybe they're just trying to decide on what kind of money to pay him, or maybe he's negotiating that. Because don't forget, he was a rookie when he was here, and so he was making minimum salary. And I guarantee he made a lot more than that in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's the whole thing is how much does he – he's got two games this year. Does he want to go back to the NFL next year? Is that his goal? If that's his goal, coming up here to sign a contract for two games, how much is he going to make? Five grand, right? Ten grand. Uh, you, you could pay him five hundred thousand dollars for the season, right? You're just dividing that up, so you could you could give him forty grand for this for these two games. Depends on where your cap is, but. You know, is it worth it to him to come up and risk injury for $40,000 when he's trying to make a million? Yeah, but I don't know if anybody else is going to look at him in the NFL. So you can usually tell that by a guy who, when he clears waivers, you know what I mean? No, I, I understand I mean, that's this year. Is anybody going to invite to the camp next year? Sure, they're going to have them down there. But is it camp fodder or is it serious? Uh, Winnipeg can't keep two quarterbacks. So Strebler would be free agent material. Because Zach's not ready to retire. And he's a better yeah. quarterback. And I think if Strebler were to come up here full time, he's going to want to start. He's not going to want to be a backup. No, but he would come and to I don't the Winnipeg think... Blue Bombers now to win another Grey Cup. Yeah, I mean, for a short term, sure, absolutely. But I'm talking about more if he were to come back next year, I don't think he's going to want to come back backing up Zach Kolaris. I don't. Uh, a guy, especially that's been down in the NFL for two years, isn't wanting to come back here as a backup full time. He'd do it probably, like I said, short oh, term if not. he were just to come in for the playoffs, but not next year. That's not going to happen. So, I have a question for you. Do you like Chris Strebler, Charles? I do. Would you take Chris uh, Strebler as your number one quarterback and and free agency Mike Riley? It would depend on the money. Because if you've got Strebler and you've got... Considerably less. 
Yeah, it's going to be if considerably got, less. Yeah, if he's let, making less money, you could sign him. And then you've got Chris Trevler and you've got Nathan Rourke. I wouldn't shoot it down. I would at least consider it. I'm not saying 100% I would do it, but I certainly wouldn't just um, uh, dismiss it out of hand. William, can you see Chris Trevler going into Calgary? But a chance. Okay, he throws the ball like it's a shot put, okay? He's not a good quarterback. He has a unique talent that the Bombers bombers, uh, used in their Grey Cup run. And that's the only thing I can see. He, he He reminds me of a Tim Tebow, to be honest with you. Yep. Okay? Yep. It's that simple. I wouldn't even consider him as a quarterback on my team. And, I mean, you know who's who's excited right now, right? Mark Wettall is, is tickled pink that you – No, no, Mark Wettall is, is tickled pink that you guys are talking about bringing Chris Trevler to BC, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm not talking about bringing Chris Trevler to BC. I asked Charles if he wanted to do it. I never once uh-huh. said that I would do it. Okay. Not once. I asked the question of Charles. I think Mike Riley's coming back for one more year, and that's going to give that much more mentorship to Nathan Rourke, and Nathan Rourke's going to take over the reins of this team in two years. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen, if not soon. Yeah, that's because of certainly prof. Certainly possible. I don't discount that either. I think that's the more likely of any and scenario. I, and, I, and I like that scenario better than any of the other ones. I mean, it, it would be nice if Mike Riley took a pay cut to $500,000 and we had an extra O-lineman because of that. Because please tell me that we couldn't go find a beautiful left tackle out of the state that just got released off some NFL team, just like we did with Rob Murphy. Big, mean motherfucker. And you have to pay him for them to come up here. Otherwise, they're not going to come. He's got to be making two two fifty. Yep. And you've got to have the cap for that. Where's that cap going to come from? Yeah. Yeah, these guys aren't coming up here. Son of a bitch. No. No. And especially with the highest paid receiver on our team was who? Lamar Lamar Durant Durant. of all people. We got Lucky Whitehead and Brian Burnham and we're playing Lamar Durant the most amount of money. Shake your head. Who the fuck was the GM? He's a guy I could see not coming back next year. He's injury prone. Yeah. Have you guys and that's not what heard Will what said. Have you guys not? You guys didn't listen to me when I told you about Lamar Durant. Remember? We should have. Yeah, because okay. I think I you should have. You were did saying from the start he was injury I, prone. Did I not just say that? Yeah, but he's always been injury prone. They they lived with him in Calgary I mean, for four years, and he 
Oakland, I think he played 12 games in four years. And then the bet minute he got, he fucked off back to BC. And uh, he's been the same for you guys. So he used to have a great upside. But yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's played a lot of games with BC. That's for sure. Nope. nope. Keeps getting hurt. Yep. Well, he played 15 games in, in 2019. He played eight games this year. How many games did he play in 2019? Yeah. 15. Six games. And, that, that's, and then he... Won five. Oh, 15. Okay, so 15, 15. games and then six this 15. year. Okay. Yeah. Eight this year. Eight this year. 15, though. So. 22 games eight, eight, in two eight, seasons. It's an average of it's an average of 11 games a season. That's not good. You're missing seven games a year. That ain't good. Well, well you're right, but one was only. Well, four technically, this games. was a short season, so yeah, but still, and, I, don't, and, I didn't hear that he was close to coming back. So, and I didn't know he was the highest paid player or receiver on BC. Receiver, really. I yeah. didn't know that really? until yeah, a while after we looked it up. Team. I'm like, oh, my God. So does Brian Burnham have a shitty agent or what? No, he Apparently. took a significant pay cut to stay with the Lions. Yeah. The only reason he's the highest paid player is because he's Canadian. That's the only reason. It's not a good reason. Because they needed, they needed – it's not a good reason, but that's probably why they did it, because they needed Canadian receivers. So they overpaid for him. It's not a good idea, but that's probably why they did it. No fucking sense. Big time. It makes no fucking sense at all. This this ratio has to go. Okay, we're running out of time here. Um, We already went over who who we think are going to win this week's games. No point in doing power rankings, but let's do the CFL a divisional all stars. Now you've got the three down nation list up, and I don't like three down nation, so I am going to bring up the uh, CFL.ca one. Isn't Not that that makes list? any difference. I don't know. Probably. Oh. Uh, it should be. be the There's only one set of all-stars. Yeah, but it's not written by three-down writer. Okay. Um, this is a. This is not the uh, awards, the MOP awards that we were talking about last week, and we picked out who was going to win in the West or East because that that hasn't happened yet. Um, no, this is divisional all-stars. Straight. This is divisional all-stars straight-up quarterback in the West is Zach Caleros. Uh, running back is uh, Kadeem Carey and Calgary. Uh, receivers are Kenny Lawler, Lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham, Kamar Jordan, and Nick Dembski. The center is Sean McEwen. Uh, the O-line, uh, Drew Dersley. Uh, Winnipeg, Patrick Newfeld, Stanley Bryant, uh, Jermarcus 
Harding. I mean, we literally have an entire Winnipeg offensive line here. The only one that's not there is the center. Uh, in defense, you got Jeff Coates and Willie Jefferson, Micah Johnson, and Mike Rose. Linebackers are uh, Adam Big Hill, Darnell Stanky, and uh, Adele Darby. I've never heard of Adele Dar- Darby, but he made the list, so he must be pretty good. Um, in the backfield, we've got. No, I don't know. Alfred in Winnipeg, Nick Marshall, TJ Lee, Derek Nichols from Winnipeg, and Brandon Alexander from Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg just stole all this. Yep. Winnipeg won 15 players. Wow. BC got three. Yep. I do not see an Edmonton Eskimo on here. No, Edmonton got zero. In fact, whoever runs the Las Vegas Posse Twitter page brought up the point that the uh, Las Vegas Posse had the same amount of all-stars as the Edmonton Elk. Yeah, I thought that was priceless. And they also announced that they would not be hiring Brock Sunderland. (laughs) Good. Uh, real quick, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, the stand back, uh, Eugene Lewis, uh, Jake Winicky, Curlin Gittens. Uh, hang on, blog dog bitch is talking to me right now. She's saying, minute and a half left. Uh, can't go through them all. Chris Van Zeel's there, defense. Jagarrett Davis, no surprise there. David Menard, Dylan Wynn, Sean Oakland, Simone Lawrence, Avery Williams, Chris Edwards, Shaquille Johnson. Special teams are down at the bottom here. Boris Beatty is the kicker. Richie Leone and Devon Dedman. Special teams in uh, the West was Renee Paradis, Cody Grace, and Mike Miller. Oh, okay. Any 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 thoughts on that? Anybody that they missed? I thought yeah, that really. uh, Jordan. I thought maybe Jordan Williams, the rookie linebacker from BC, might have made it, but he didn't. So, if uh, yeah, it's if a our point. buddy, uh, if our buddy from Saskatchewan had his way, Cody would be ahead of Zach on on the All Star list. Okay. okay. We- we're, we're out of time. I've got 10 seconds left in the show. i got to do this real quick, guys. Story. Let's talk TFL Podcast, episode number 464. Christopher Jones, your host. I'm out of here. Charles, say goodnight. Good night, folks. Talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. Watch the playoffs on the weekend.